What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tess, if your ex drink. There's gonna be a graphic there. Drinking buddy. <laughs> I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those stories later. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with a guest and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, JC Mendoza. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, man? Happy to be here, bro. Thank you for having Thank me. you for coming in. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. I really, I feel like... Almost better than drinking is reminiscing the next night. Yeah, like you have the party, like, you have the whole experience, and then the next morning the group chat is like, "Yo, you remember this?" That's always the best part. It's be and the fun thing is, is like in the moment you're just having a good time. Yeah, but then sometimes it turns into stories that last forever, forever. and you're like, "Oh yeah, I still have times where I'll hang out with friends and I'm just like, you remember that one time?'" Yeah. And they're like, "Hell yeah, we remember." That's so much, especially as we get older. That's so much of our friendship. It's not reminiscing or like pining for, it, but just like. We've built so much context upon those stories. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, you'll drop one joke in the group chat that ties in like six stories. Yeah, yeah, and, like, eleven hahas, and that's what makes it. And the other thing so too good. is, it's it's there's an old saying that I really like, which is in the end, all you have are your stories. That's true. So I really like that because it's it's one of those really cool things where I and that's what the one man show is about and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But like when I talk to because con- I've been sober, no one in New York has ever seen me drunk unless yeah, they yeah, are yeah. a Florida comic that knew me back then. Mm-hmm. So it's so weird when I'll tell people these stories and they go, what? How? Yeah. yeah. Like I have that bit about, you know, acting like I was going to jump off the balcony, but getting too scared and then going down, laying down and calling 911 being like, I fell, I'm paralyzed. That's stupid. And people are, yeah. And people are like, you? you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plug everything up front because I know you've got your social media blowing up sure, and everything. Sure. I want everyone to know where they can find you. Yeah. Um, Instagram and twitter and instagram twitter tiktok all at peach fuzz poppy like <laughs> champagne poppy but peach fuzz no spaces no underscores peach fuzz poppy and you can catch me at new york comedy club on january 22nd sunday january 22nd for my show brownish that i run every month hell yeah at new york comedy club beautiful man mm-hmm. well i appreciate you coming on we have a common connection um not only because i hang out way too much at the stand and i see you there all the time because you Thanks. are a paid regular but also and i remember when you got passed congratulations oh. I was, it, man, yeah, yeah, it was, I was, cause I've been in New York about a year and a half and I've been hanging out there way too long for that time. And yeah, I remember man. you and Gio and Derek and that whole, when that whole group came yeah. in, that was, God, it was like watching a child grow. It's I know. Like, yeah. I, those are my guys. It was crazy. I didn't, it, cause I didn't go uh, to the same for the first time until uh, Glorelli's birthday okay. in 2021. Yeah. And it was like the first time I ever went. I was like, oh, this place is amazing. So like I worked, I, I like. Spent a lot of money there, spent a lot of time there. And it was honestly the pet this time last year, like when the Omicron was hitting yeah. and everybody was sick, I was out there. I was probably sick too, but I was you there. Were there. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people dropped out and that's how I got on their radar. That's there. awesome, man. Well, uh, I wanted to get into some things because you're originally from New York. Yeah, New York. Long right. Island, but New York for yeah, the last that's, New York yeah, City. Man. New York. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Especially because I'm from Florida. Yeah, so it's no, like, but yeah, you, no, you know, in New York, you got to be specific. Because if do. I'm just like, yo, I'm a New Yorker, they're like, where are you from? And I'm from Long Island. It's a different thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just. Well, I and that's the other that. thing, too. And I've talked about it on the other show I do with a couple other comics. Uh, I get into arguments sometimes with this guy I work with, and he lives in Staten Island. Yeah. And, but it's like, I've only been in New York a couple of years, but it's that. You like, know, Staten Island. Yeah, you fucking line. Staten yeah, Island piece of yeah, trash. Garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how did you end up? Because you, you do you teach now? Yes. Uh, during the day, mm-hmm. which is you know a hero. No, that shit is awful. <laughs> but it is what it is. Man. I can't even say anything bad because now the kids are starting to Google me. So oh, are they? All my students, if y'all watching this, I don't like y'all individually, but I accept my responsibility to teach. <laughs> but I love you as a whole. You know what I'm saying I do what I got to do. What? Uh, so how did you even get into stand up? Were you always a fan of comedy? And I, it's a loaded question because people yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously everyone likes comedy for, for sure. the most part, but more kind of. 
were you a fan of stand-up or how did you find it or were you always like going to clubs like yeah, what I happened was, i was always a fan of stand-up comedy but not on some yo this is my dream yeah like i remember when i was younger i used to the way i would make friends is i would like recite like kevin hart's okay Dave, like i had yeah. a, i always had a really good memory to do like a lot of their long bits so yeah. i would always do that to be funny in groups and that's how i made a lot of friends and um Stand-up is something that I was always interested in, but like never like I thought I was going to do it. And then I was 22. I was 22, and uh, I have a friend, my friend Adrian, who was dating this girl that was the assistant to Cypher Sounds. Okay. Right? And Cypher Sounds was producing this show on MTV2 called Joking Off. Right? I don't know if you ever heard of it. Awful show. Yeah. Just terrible. But the premise was they would flash funny pictures up and then people would run out to the middle of like it would be like different teams. They would run out to the middle and say a joke. Like making memes in real life. Okay. Oh, like, that, oh this that's actually a great concept. So it's, a, it's a cool. It was fun. And it was back at like the guy code, girl code time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Charlemagne the God, Schultz was on it. Um, Destefano. Yeah. yeah. Zamero when they yeah. were like bubbling up when it was just the Bodega Boys. So like there was a lot of really cool people involved in the show. It was a shitty show though. So he's casting for season two and he asked his assistant if she knew any comedians. She asked the guy that she was dating who was my friend if she knew if he knew any comedians and he said me at this time I had never done stand-up. You, that's what I was going to ask. Never done stand-up. A... So, but what I was doing I used to make like funny Snapchat stories with okay. like, different characters like make people laugh because it was funny to me and that was also my way of getting like girls that I yeah, like oh, to yeah. hit me up first. I'd if be you funny can make them laugh like, oh, God, so you funny. can make them like, breakfast. Yeah, what you doing later though? Yeah. And then um so I used to make these funny Snapchat stories. He's like, yo, send me videos. Are you performing? And I'll send it to to this girl who's gonna send it to Cypher. I'm like, I don't have no videos. I can send you my Snapchat stories. Yeah. So I saved a bunch, sent it to her. She sent it to Cypher. She was like, he was like, yo, that's funny. Come audition. Oh, for real? Yeah. So, so you at the time had never gotten on stage. Never gotten on stage. Never, wow. never really even thought about a mic. But like, I'll go to this uh studio. To have a this is why I love doing this. Yeah, show. it's a crazy, it's it's a, such a random story. So, you know. I go to this audition and like they gave me like a packet the night before of the pictures that they're gonna use. Okay. So like, yo, write your best five jokes for these pictures. Oh, so you already it's not even off the top of the head. It you wasn't, already... but they threw some in there yeah. that were, right? So, you know, I got my packet ready. I take it very seriously because I'm about to audition. And uh, I go there and my first couple jokes start cracking. I do some voices and then they threw up one that wasn't in, in the, the packet. They're like, yo, we know this wasn't in the packet. We want to see how you work on your toes. And it was like a bear riding a jet ski. And then um, I, I basically made up a fake version of, uh, you know, the song Lifestyle by Young Thug. Yeah. And it was like, da -da 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 this. so I, I made a remix of that song. I was like, I killed a lot of campers to live this here. Line. <laughs> and the room cracked. Like it was only like 10, 11 people that cracked. And then after that, like they were like, yo, we like you. And then they brought me back for another round of auditions and they kept bringing me back and um i met like akashin when he was in new york oh, like, shit. but this was years ago they have no idea who i am now and like now i know who brendan sagalo is but at the time like i hadn't been in comedy but i met him nick callis like these people like we were all auditioning together i made it all the way to the final round of auditions and then i fucking it was at the viacom studio okay like mad producers like and actual execs executives and suits in the building and everything yeah and I bombed like did I, you really i had no idea what i was doing you so, know what i'm saying did you bomb because you were in your own head or did you bomb because nervous you just, okay I, the, the other people i was playing with i knew were good and I, I realized that there were stakes now but like in the rounds going up to it i was killing i was yeah. doing mad fun it was a lot of cool shit but like that final round i was like oh my god bro no way but uh on it's the like way when i play college football and like you play the teams like in your division you're yeah. like yeah we're having a good time and then you go and have to play like florida in florida yeah. and at the University of Florida and you're like oh this is different now different. this is like we're in the same division but we're not in the yeah, same division and you know I guess if I was performing I would know how to handle not getting the biggest crack Yeah, but like I hadn't been performing I don't know what the fuck I'm doing Did so you, I was really like uh, dependent on the reactions and once that's the what I was gonna I say is, getting my own head yeah. and then it was like yo it was do done. you do that because you've I mean, so when did you, after that, did you start just doing stand-up or not what right, Not right away. So what happened was, like, Saif met me. He was like, yo, you made me look mad good in the auditions. Like, I appreciate you for coming. You're definitely going to get on the show. And even when I didn't, he was like, yo, don't worry about it. There'll be other shows, other seasons. Come to my studio in Jersey. I introduce you to some other young comics that I that I And Saif was doing comedy. Yeah, he point. was like, he wasn't getting started, but he was he was doing comedy. This yeah. was like 2014, 2015. Okay. So he was, you know, he had known Dave Chappelle. He had been starting it. And um, he's like, come out to my studio. I'll introduce you to other comics. And the comics that he had there, one of them was Julio Diaz. Oh, really? Right? So me and Julio Diaz met through Cypher Sounds because they had done his improv class. And I met Julio. And that's when Julio, neither one of us had done stand-up. It's stand such up. an amazing sentence. Crazy, right? I met Julio Diaz through Cypher Sounds. Through Cypher Sounds. Who's one of the biggest DJs one of the biggest, in the city. Biggest DJs in the city. In the world. And Julio's one of the hottest in the city, too. Yeah. Comics. But at this time, neither one of us had done stand-up. He's like, yo, like we went over, we wrote some sketches that were fucking trash. Oh, yeah, because Julio was doing improv and stuff at yeah, the time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah. met Cypher at improv and then like 
Snife brought me to the studio that he brought Julio and other kind uh, Julio Rivera, Nick Trinidad, uh, Tone Rivera, and Evan Combis, all all like New York City comics. And none of us had really done stand up at this yeah. time. But Snife was like, y'all should try stand up. And Julio was like, yo, I'm going to try it. And I was like, nah, I don't know if that's what I want to do. I want to write, blah, blah, blah. So Julio started then in 2015, and I didn't get started until a couple years late. Like I was doing mics in and out, but Julio was like pedal to the metal. He yeah. was the first one. So I, followed, so I like watched Julio grow, and I was just at home like, damn i should be doing that yeah what am i but doing it I'm was just... it, it, it took me to like 2018 2019 to start like going hard okay and then um yeah so through scythe and then he brought me back the next year and i did the same thing killed in the auditions then made the final round and bombed damn so i did it twice and then you know i was like all right this is not i'm not getting this opportunity because i've been working for it yeah you know what I'm saying? i haven't been doing my part i haven't been hitting mics i haven't been doing shows so it wasn't until that's how i found comedy and then after like four years of like, oh, do I want to do it? Do I not go into a mic once every six months? Yeah, I that's didn't how go I was well. when I first. You know what started. I'm saying? Because yeah. you don't realize like mic- mics are awful. Yeah, they're they fucking the worst. suck, and you don't realize that there are shows after that. You're yeah. Like, yo, if this is what comedy is, can I do this for real? And then well, uh, shows are like fishing with dynamite after you do mics, especially yeah. in New York when it's just because the mics in Florida where I'm from were yeah, shows. shows yeah. yeah, so like we there's one like we've been doing it Rain Dogs for like 15 years. So the at one point, there was a, like a lot of regulars that came out because it was on a Monday night, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, I got nothing to do. Hey, let's go see the comedy show." Mm-hmm. And so it became like a thing, and that's mm-hmm. how a lot of the mics are. Yeah, then out got, of New York, but in, in New York, then you get to New York, land, and it's bro. yeah, it's just comics, just and everyone's miserable. on their phone, no one's paying attention. Miserable. And if you get a a bit that kind of gets a chuckle, you're like, "Oh, that's, that's probably good. That's gonna work." And I, even at this point, if you get a chuckle at a mic, you probably you know the joke. I've been to mics where I get a laugh. I'm like, I know this joke sucks. Yeah, because you're laughing at it. Like if you did a that's laugh, the at it, like, oh, maybe this is actually something. Leo and I talked about this last yeah. week. Sometimes the comics will laugh because they know it's gonna bomb, yeah. or it is bombing, or they just they like a really dark part of it. Yeah. They can, or they'll laugh at the craft. You know, some of them are gonna be like, oh, I see the setup, the, the premise. Yeah. The pre- I see everything that you're trying to do, and that is funny to me. Yeah, but like it doesn't. You don't even necessarily build good habits the only thing i feel like i really learned from mics besides like muscle memory and reps like you learn how bad it can be yeah you learn how empty it can feel you, up there you get comfortable in the in silence, the silence which like, is you cannot you can't fake that you can't because that's what i was going to ask you is when you got up there and you bombed you said you started getting into your own head yeah because you weren't comfortable in that environment i didn't realize that it's okay yeah you're going to bomb or a joke won't land and then you have but you don't have the confidence to know that your next one is going to pick it up yeah. like now if I have a joke that doesn't really land I know I got like 40 in my pocket that will dig me out of any hole that yeah. I'm in if I'm trying something different so that's that's but actually, you got to learn that with time that's a good skill to have because um, I know with me I and I was talking about this with uh, Gaster last night mm-hmm. with me sometimes I get so in my head about like I want to talk about like, cause most of my material is based on it's storytelling based on yeah. my experiences. And a lot of it can be dark, you know, the arrest and the yeah. attempted suicide and the almost dying. Yeah, sure. And I'm always like, Oh, well my whole goal in life is to make the people like me mm. who might have addiction issues or, you know, depression or anxiety. I want to make them laugh. Like, mm. I don't care about all these well-adjusted yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And that bites me in the ass constantly. Yeah. Because if you go into a room being like, fuck all of you, I just want to make these select couple people laugh, it's mm. gonna, it's not gonna work. Yeah. And I've gotten into the place now I've gotten a lot better with being back in like I started comedy in 09, but mm. same thing, like mm. you know, Mike in here and, and there. So, yeah. yeah and I've been back in fully since I got sober in eighteen. And I've gotten a lot better since then of being like, oh no, like everyone is here especially yeah. if it's a paid room it's like sure. everyone paid to see the mm-hmm. show you cannot just be like oh you can't no play to like the six people that understand yeah i have i used to have that problem too and i'm getting better at it now where i would only play to like the black and latino people like mm-hmm. i didn't even want white people to laugh at my yeah. stuff like and it was like you know because i was coming in <laughs> no proud. i completely understand and then yeah. i realized like yo i don't want to make only half the world laugh like i want to make everybody laugh so it didn't change my routine but now i like I, I have universal references for every specific thing that I mm-hmm. want to say. So, like, if I want to talk about Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, like, a thing that I do, like, uh, Puerto Re- the beef is, like, between the Montagues and the Capulets. Like, I have something that bring, <laughs> it'll bring everybody in. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I try... Romeo and Juliet for yeah, you listening. it's literally... And it's, like, I have to... I always feel like if I'm going to talk about a deep cultural reference, it's just fine to do. I, I want to have something that can make it uh, uh, um, digestible for everybody. Absolutely. Because it makes the whole room feel good and, and then everybody trusts you and then you can get into yep. what you really want to talk about, like yeah. stuff that only matters to me. Because that's something I've gotten better at too. Same thing is um, I've got certain jokes where if it, if it means something to you, mm-hmm. it hits a lot harder, mm-hmm. but it is surface enough mm-hmm. to where everyone in the room can yeah. laugh. Like I have a joke about growing up with a cool mom mm-hmm. 
And like I reference Mean Girls and like everyone's seen it. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Amy Poehler and Mean Girl, the cool mom. And they mm. laugh. But if you really grew up with a mom who like likes to drink and party and stuff, that can also yeah, be it's not as it's, cool as it looks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those people understand like, oh, this is funny on like a much deeper level. Yeah. But then on the surface level, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah, so silly. For sure. So like you said, you, you have to try to make it universal for everybody. Mm. And then the people. Like, you know, when you're talking about Puerto Ricans and stuff, they understand it on an even yeah, bigger yeah, level. Yeah, like they're, they're getting, it's like an Easter egg for them. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because they're understanding, they're like, oh, and like people are still laughing even if they don't understand the cultural reference. And I do have jokes that I only do in certain rooms because mm -hmm. like- Me too. They're, they're, they're too, like it's too hard to explain the context of them. But like in Latino rooms, it's, it's very easy for them to get well, it. Well, and that's something else I've also learned in New York is that, uh, well, in, in comedy in general, anywhere in the country, but mm. obviously if people are listening, like, yeah, you read the room, that's yeah. the whole point. But there are certain bits that I will do um, and they're not even bits, they're stories mm -hmm. or they're like little plays on things where if I do it in a, a majority white room, it's like gasps and like, oh my God, yeah. you can't say that. Yeah, but then yeah. if I do it in a black room, mm -hmm. like I've had people fall out of chair. I had yeah, one guy yeah. one time be like, that's the most genius, brilliant thing I've ever yeah. heard. Like as he's crying, laughing. Sure. So it just depends on what. Yeah, you, you, you pick and choose battles, not like just there's certain things that. You're, you'd take too much time explaining yeah. that it would take away from the joke. And I have plenty of jokes like that that I don't do. Like Not that I don't do at the stand, but like if it's like a Thursday night on the stand and I see a bunch of espresso martinis yeah. in the crowd, I'm like, <laughs> it's going to take too long for me to explain to you what, like why it's funny that Dominican people wear all white pants in the winter. Like, it's And it's a really weird random reference, but if I do it in like brownish at, my, at, at like a room with all Latino, they're going to get it immediately. They immediately. Just, so it's just like an inside joke between everybody. Yeah. And it's like, you know, every I feel like every set of people has those Well, and that's the big things. thing with podcasting too yeah. is as comics, when you podcast and you have an audience, mm. you can build up those little yeah. jokes too. Because like I've gone to see, I've seen Segura a bunch and obviously Matt Fulcheron, mm. my buddy, and when you sometimes when you go to see them, they'll or even Burr does it sometimes mm. where he'll reference something. And if you are an avid podcast listener, it means more to you because yes, you're like, yes. oh, I was there when you thought of that. Mm -hmm. Like I was listening to you when that first yeah. idea first came. It up. becomes like an inside joke, and I believe like generally that's kind of the point of comedy, or that's like the not the objective, but that's what you're trying to do on mm. stage. Like you are essentially every time you get on stage, you're creating context for everybody, so that when you bring the joke in, everybody gets yep, it. Yep, absolutely. You know, like that's the premise in the setup. Like you're bringing it in, but like in group chats, like we talked about before, it's easy to make everybody laugh because you have ten years of history. Mm -hmm. So when I say, "Oh man, just like the fucking coat hanger," and everybody laughs because they get that that came from a joke from like oh six, yeah, and it brought it back. But you're doing that every time you get on stage in real time, creating context, and then like you know, remember this. Or oh this like I said you yeah know, and it's all callbacks and all that is. well that's another big thing too is getting the audience mm -hmm. on board immediately yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> which is something I struggle with because like to reference what we were talking about earlier like sometimes I'll get up there and I'll go immediately into intensity mm -hmm. and the first one will bomb and then I'm like well I'll get it back here and then the next one will bomb and then immediately I'm in my head like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've lost this entire audience mm -hmm. like I'm not I feel you and I've because I've done bits before like I did a uh, training day Jared yeah, Waters yeah, yeah, show yeah, in the course. park. And uh, I remember when I got off, he goes, hey, man, why didn't you do that like silly gym stuff up front? Yeah. And I, I it, like and it and a lot of comics have told me like, hey, you're really silly off stage. Why don't you be sillier on stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, no, I'm like dark and gritty. yeah, yeah. And then I but I've done it lately. I've done like sillier stuff. And I've even done it to the point where I'm like, I don't want to fucking do like made a joke about doing the silly stuff. Yeah, for sure. And immediately everyone's like, yeah, we're on board. And I'm yeah. like, God damn it. I know it's it. I've, I've watched a lot of like Jared for me was like one of the comics that I watch. I'm like, all right, this is what I yeah. need to, this is what needs to be done to do well all the time. Cause Jared's a monster, but like Jared has, you know, hours of material, you know, mm -hmm. but like every time he goes in New York city, like out of respect for the room, he's like, all right, he does the same opener. It's mm -hmm. like two, two and a half minutes. I can do it word for word. And he does it every time because he knows whatever he gets into after that, everybody's already on his yeah. side because he's shown himself to be fun, likable and trustworthy in the first two and a half minutes. And I think that's a good strategy. I also, I understand comments like, nah, you got to lead with your new stuff or dark stuff up front. Cause if it doesn't work there, it's never going to work. And I understand, <laughs> I understand as that. a dark comic. That is yeah, not what you I, should I, do. I, hate i don't like comics who go to turn the whole room against them. not that yeah. i don't like it but it's just the opposite of my mission statement i feel like you're not doing yourself a serve like the point is to be liked well that's the thing that's too, the is point i and that's and this is an interesting topic because in my head when i go on stage and i do the darker stuff mm -hmm. and especially lately within the last two years i've been like no get the crowd on your side like i said after mm -hmm. i talked with jared and stuff the last i guess year now 
But my whole intention, it was never, like I never go up there being like, uh, one time I've done it where mm. I purposely torpedoed a room because I did a bit that I did not think was that bad and th- like two or three people went, uh, and I went, Oh, you oh, think you like that's that? bad? Mm. And then I torpedoed the whole room and sure, it was sure. immature, but I was just like, mm-hmm. oh no, because it was a bad audience anyway and people were talking and no yeah. one was really listening. So was and like, I said, yeah, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. you guys. Sure. But normally I never go up with the intention to make people upset. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is I walk such a thin line because the stuff I talk about is upsetting, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to flip it on its head to make everyone laugh mm-hmm. at it. But you can't always do that. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, you have to make the audience want to trust you. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not a clean comic. I'm not like a filthy one. I'm not super dark. I have jokes that are dark mm-hmm. that I think are, that I know if I'm going to say them, I need to do like five minutes yeah. of work up top for me yeah. because I'm like, for my stuff to work. And I've had shows where I'm like, where I've gone up. All right. So, like, I've had a good year of, of comedy, right? I had a bar show earlier this year that when I got booked on, I was like, I'm too good for this bar show. Okay. I should not be doing this show. I've I've gone past this. And when I went up, like, I went up with that energy. Yep. And I, I thought I was better than the crowd. And I didn't do well at all. And I was like. Oh, they can feel oh. it. Oh. Because I didn't realize how important it was to my act that everybody get on board with me being a trustworthy person. Yeah. And it's not important for everybody. It's not important for every comic. But for me, it is. So I realize I'm like, oh, I can't get into my stuff if they don't like me. Not if they don't like me, but it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah. So that was a humbling moment for me. Like, no, you have to treat every show like they, like with respect. Like, be like, yo, come out. Not that you have to do your best joke up top, but like you have to show them that you're fun yeah. or show them that they can trust you. And I think for you, like your dark stuff, once it's through the lens of your own truth, if people buy into you, they're going to trust your lens. Be like, well, Yo. that's why, yeah, that's why I've started opening with sillier stuff. Yeah. Because then it's a lot easier to be like, okay, now we've all gotten to kind of know each other. For sure. You're not going to believe yeah. this. And it's like, and I feel I, I hate not that I hate, but comments are like, oh, that's that's you know you're you're not pandering, but it's like you're taking the easy way out by making them like you know, bro. In real conversation, people do that. You can't trauma dump up front. Right. You never get asked that way. You can't do that. You have to play a little bit of a game. There's a craft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, like, bro. It's okay to be liked. It's okay for to want people to like you. I think even the harshest comics can admit that they want the love from the audience. Yeah, that's the there's a reason. Or they're we cultivating all do this. a different audience of people who love their dark stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, everybody wanna be loved, man. I wanted to talk to you, um, because you've like we were t- saying earlier, and then we'll get into some of the stories, but mm. you've been blowing up on social media. Mm. That's been a big thing. And you came into the restaurant. We never say where it is, but you did come into the restaurant a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I told you, even one of my managers was like, oh my God, that's yeah, the guy from crazy. the TikToks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's my buddy JC. She mm-hmm. goes, no, that's the guy from. And I was like, yes, they are the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so that guy. Yeah. How did that, uh, has, has that, because I've talked about it, how it's affected my life. And mm-hmm. like the first couple of ones that she posted, mm-hmm. I was wearing my merch and immediately got like traffic crazy. to the website and all this kind of that's stuff. Dope. And like sold shirts from it and everything. Mm. So for you, how has social media like helped your? Because I was always anti. So I was like, this yeah. is stupid. And then the Hannah stuff started happening. I go, okay, oh, maybe there's something cool. to yeah. this. Yeah. So how did it, did you just post a bunch of clips? Do yeah. you just post every week, or how so, did that happen? So first of all, shout out to Hannah Burner because I get Huge recognized for her TikToks more than anything I've ever Me done too. in my own career by myself. Like and those people are so nice. They're so excited to talk to you. So shout out to Hannah for real. Cause she does not, when I got on for her, she didn't owe me anything. Know me from a hole in the wall. She just saw me there. I was like, come, come, come yeah. talk. So shout out to Hannah Burner for real. Um, social media. I always knew that it was important, but I think for the first couple of years where I was really getting into stand up, I, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to play the social media game because I didn't want a clip to blow up and then people to come before I'm ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that smart. happens. You know, some people get big on TikTok and stuff before they do stand up and that's cool too, but it's harder to grow that way. Because well, if you exactly, have people coming to watch yep. you, your people, they're going to eat everything up that you say and if you really want to be a great comic, you can't perform for your people. And time. that's, yeah, that's exactly right and it's what you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Bringing it all the way back where you were like, I just wasn't ready. So when yeah. I got into the big room and I've, I've had conversations with veteran comics about that because sometimes I get you know, I'm a naturally competitive person and yeah, sometimes and I, I get jealous yeah, and I'm like, sure. how the fuck this person had this uh, TikTok thing and it went viral and mm-hmm. then it blew up and now they're touring and yeah. opening for like gaff again. I'm like, how the fuck? And they go, listen, man, if they're not ready, it will show. It will show. And if they are ready, then they deserve it, it anyway. hundred yeah, percent. So like either way, it's going to work itself out. Comedy and after all, it's such a long, gr- it's a life. It's grind. a long game. It's a yeah. lifelong grind. So you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life, essentially. So like it doesn't serve you to look around and and 
be mad yeah. that other people are getting something because if they're getting it before they're ready, everyone will know at mm -hmm. some point. You cannot fake the funk your <laughs> whole career. Even people that you see now that are like getting up quick, it's like it will come down in five years. Yep. You know, like people like you talk to enough old comments, like I've seen people come, go, I've seen 20 different waves. Social media is the latest one. I've seen it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If your stuff is not funny and you don't work hard and you don't write and you don't perform every day, it will show. Well, and that's like I've seen flyers like yeah. on my memories on facebook pop up from mm -hmm. like shows i did like 10 years ago yeah and i'm like oh i'm the only one still doing comedy out yeah. of this group and it's crazy but i will say social media it is it is just a thing that you have to do mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah like you're playing yourself you're not giving it's like not handling your business off the field yeah you know you're not working out you're not in the gym you're not doing everything you can't you can. just show up you yeah. can, you're not doing everything you can be i'm not saying like social media makes you a better comic but if you want comedy to be your career, it is a part of the game you'd be silly to ignore. It's a part of the job. You know what I'm saying? And even your most cynical, cynical, you know, 20-year veteran club comic is posting clips. Yeah. Because you have to do it. Because mm -hmm. if it's not their idea, their manager's telling everybody has to do it. It's you know just, what I'm saying? It's, it's a just a thing you got to do. Yeah. And I've gotten a lot better now. And it's funny because obviously I don't have nearly the followers that most of the New York comics have. Mm. But it's it's a very interesting thing to when I actually started giving a shit about it, mm -hmm. how it grew. Yeah, it like comes 100 back, there, it comes 100 back here, quick, and, and like, it's what? nice because you you stand up comedy. I feel like is cooler than it's ever been yeah. right now. You know what I'm saying? So like people want to see clips. They want to, even if it's not your best work. If it's something that you can throw away and bring people traffic to you that want to come see you perform why are we acting like that's a bad thing yeah you know what i'm saying and i hate when i hear comments like yo these tiktok people getting up and doing comedy the motherfuckers sell tickets yeah that's what you it's what all saying? about at the end and of the day it's a business if they're selling tickets and if this tiktok person that's not who you think is not good at stand-up comedy probably isn't but if they're having a show in a big theater and they're like yo i want you to come open for me you're gonna go who's losing <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, go blow up on TikTok, do dances, and then sell a show out and bring real comics with you. It's going to make you look good. It's going to give your audience a fun time. And it's like, yo, if you put Julio Diaz with a TikToker, Julio Diaz is going to murder and all of those followers are going to go to his page yep. and he's going to build from there. So even if you, like, it's good for everybody. It's good for everybody. And even if you think it's perverting the art, take your purity and show people and then show them the difference between yeah. what internet comedy and stand-up comedy is. Get in those shows get in those same rooms and eat them yeah it's good for you and i don't i really don't understand the whole yo they're taking stage time bro get on the show find a way to get bury on the show them. with them bury, bury them. them yeah kill them befriend them let open for them yeah and then you grow and it's like i don't see the the, the point of finding it it's a big thing it's here there's enough there's enough for everyone to eat there's always enough there's and it's eight it's, billion it's a new people york, in the world it's a new york trick to think that he's taking food off my plate yeah and it's 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 not real. You you go eat. Well, speaking of the New York thing, mm -hmm. you are a New Yorker. I, I wanted to talk to you about growing up, obviously in Long Island, mm -hmm. around the city. When did you like? Did you when did you start drinking and like partying and doing that? Stuff? So Long Island notoriously is like you know they it, it's a pretty like chaotic. Yeah, place I've had a couple Long Islanders. Yeah, you on know, here, like yeah. motherfuckers get busy. The town that I'm from, I'm from Valley Stream. It's on the border of Queens and Long Island. And I grew up not strict, but oh, so I, you're not like deep in Long. Island. No, like no, right no. Here. I'm like it's it, my, it's called Valley Stream. We call it Valley Queens because it's literally on the border. I'm okay. like right on the border of Queens and Long Island. I just can't say I'm from Queens because people from Queens get upset about it. Oh that. yeah, so I'm like I'm from Long Island. But um, the town I'm from, it wasn't like a stereotypical suburb. Like you know, it's very diverse. And the way I grew up, I didn't grow up strict, but I grew up afraid of consequences. <laughs> so my mom didn't play, and I. I didn't test her. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't drink until I was like 16 at my older sister's 20th birthday. Okay. At St. John's, the first time I drank, I had mad fun. I thought it was disgusting, but it was fun. Like, you know, and then I didn't really drink until I got to college. I went to St. John's. Okay. When I got to college. That's when I started. So drinking. you drank at 16 when you went to visit your sister mm -hmm. at St. John's. And then it was just sporadically, but not never like with my homies in Long Island. I yeah. would never, because they would drink for real. Yeah. And I was like, that's not me. I'm not that guy. Okay. But so college, yeah. Then when you got to college, what happened? Did so you, college, you just like, I'm, I, I'm off the leash yeah or? not off the leash but i was like i'm in college this is something i should be doing to experience everything yeah and um when i got there i made the baseball team and they were big oh, drinkers so like i would go and drink with them and like you made the like, st john's baseball team yeah i but, walked on for but that's the a, fall season it's a d1 yeah, team isn't it, was, it yeah it was it was it was it was very cool for me but um how long did you only the fall semester okay so like they're, they're, they have a fall preseason and then they get into so i stayed for like four months okay and then they they come because i had transfers coming in but it was still okay. really cool i got to play with like joe panic who has a world series now dude that's so awesome like, you know, so it was, it was very cool i tell people all the time like i 
I always say, like, you know, obviously I blow it up a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I was a Division One football player. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, but that's it's the so. same kind of thing. Like, yeah. I was a preferred walk-on at yeah, FAU. Sure. I wasn't a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I, I played for two years. Like, I was never got cut. Like, I was always above getting, not above. They didn't really cut anybody. Yeah. But I ne- was never going to touch the field. Yeah, yeah, but you were there, though. That's, yeah, but that's, a, yeah, yeah, and like, like a status when I see Alfred campus. Morris, like, when he was playing yeah, in the league, oh, I was crazy. like, that's my guy, man. Yeah. We played together, dude. And that's how it was. And then when I got to college, after... After I got cut, I was. That's when I kind of started because I'm like, I have nothing to preserve my body yeah, for. Same so exact let me just, thing. Let me just fucking have fun. And I remember the first like real drink. This is not even on this. Is the first real story. This is fun. There's this thing that we used to do. Like St. John's used to send shuttle buses of kids from campus to McFadden's, which is a bar uh, attached to City Field, and it just opened. So they used to bus loads of college kids to this bar, all under 21, and we would go there and drink. It was wild. Right, and uh, one night to pregame, there was this thing. Have you ever heard of the Incredible Hulk? Uh, the drink? Yes. Yeah. So, so you mix, if you if you don't hypnotic know. Hypnotic and Hennessy, you mix baby. Hypnotic and Hennessy, right? I'm from Daytona, baby. You of course know, I know the right? Incredible so Hulk. We, this was a big deal for us. Like, yo, we're going to pregame with the Incredible Hulk. We're going to hop on the bus, go to McFadden's, and make out with chicks all night. That's what we got to do. <laughs> Mad tongue kissing, because we're freshmen. You don't get no Mad friends. tongue kissing. Mad tongue kissing, right? But like, we're dumb, right? So we spent all our money <laughs> on a big handle of Henny and then when we had to get the Hypno we realized we had much less fun so we got like a personal of Hypno <laughs> a big handle of Henny and then we're like alright we're gonna mix it too and we're gonna make the Incredible Hulk cause when you mix Henny and, and Hypnotic it turns green that's the Incredible Hulk but what we did we poured all the Henny in first Oh, right? And no. we had way more Henny than Hypno. And so we poured all the Henny in. Hypnotic is like a, a liqueur. It's like yeah. a wine, so it's not that strong. Nah. The Hennessy's the strong part. Yeah, and we weren't even thinking about it in terms of strength. We was like, we want this color to be green, because that's what the Hulk is. We poured all the Henny. Henny's brown. We poured the little personal of Hypno in and mixed it together, and it wasn't turning green. This shit turned like br- like dirty green brown, and we called it the Hudson River. We drank that shit. <laughs> We got fucked up, <laughs> and we went and didn't make out with no bitches. But we you were didn't in, make out with anybody. Not one, but we were there though. And that was like after that. That's when it started like drinking. I wasn't like binge drinking crazy, but that's like the start of my drinking. Okay, career. yeah, because that's kind of a similar situation where I got my eighth concussion. Oh my, that's and then, too many concussions. It's way too many. And yeah. then um, you should check that out. Oh, I, I do. I had to go see. <laughs> I have to see a neurologist once a year. It's a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, Holy but shit. I when I that happened. Um, I went in to talk <clears throat> with the trainers and the coaches and it was basically turn it. I stopped playing football after that. And then, uh, but immediately, like you're saying, and when I stopped playing football, I was like, Oh, I have no reason yeah. to work out. Like, but I blew up. Like I went up <clears throat> cause I'm naturally an addictive personality. Mm. So when I didn't have football and like, I didn't have to be at workouts or the gym or like practice or any of that stuff. I just dumped all that energy into drinking. And so I blew up to like 315 pounds. Sheesh. Like I was disgusting because yeah, I would drink like I'd go into work. I was working at a restaurant. Then I'd get off, go drink. And then it'd be like two in the morning. And I'd be like, well, I want Taco Bell. Yeah, I gotta eat. And I'd eat Taco Bell eat, and then yeah. go to bed and then do it all again the next day. Within like six to uh, within six months to a year, I, I'd gain almost 100 pounds. What position did you play in football? Fullback. Fullback. Okay. So and three three hundred pound fullback. That's a scary. Well, that's sign. the thing is I wasn't playing yeah, anymore. I know. So I'm now, just saying, yeah. like in theory, like imagine they call yo, we need you to come. We need you to come back. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the perfect guy. <laughs> I'm built for this yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I'm built to be fat. Uh, so when you stopped playing, you didn't get crazy, but you were just drinking. No, that's why I was often. like, you know, let me drink. Let me stop treating my body like a temple. Yeah, and you know amu- let's treat it like an amusement. Let's park. let's treat it like the Hudson River. Yeah, let's, there we let's go. Throw shit in it and see what comes back. So what happened with the ketchup story? Oh, the ketchup story. Was that in college? No, this is much after I got. I as almost mm, I would say I peaked. My drinking career has peaked, but after college I started drinking more because like, okay. you know, go out. That's when you find happy hours, yeah, and like real parties. You had a little bit of money. You, you have disposable income, bit, you know yeah. So the catch up story when you came in <laughs> because you're on break, obviously right yeah. now because you're not. As, you go. I might be binge drinking today. Yeah, I, I might because you know this because a lot of my homies is, is, they're in town for the week and we go out and we get fucked up. <laughs> Matter funny story. So the last round of Hannah Burner interviews, um, the last one that we did. I was blackout. Not blackout, but I was <laughs> fucked up. And like, if you watch it closely, you can tell. But like, my answers were fine. I have no shame about my answers, but I'm watching. I know I was drunk. And Do you remember it, answering the questions? I remember answering the questions. I know I was there for the interview. I just don't remember what I said. Yeah, that's what I was so gonna like, say. So like, I'm yeah. watching myself answer. I'm like, where am I going <laughs> with this? And if it's bad, I'm like, that tracks. <laughs> but then, like, one of my answers was really good. Like, the dick pic answer, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, let's go. Good. This guy's good. <laughs> He's good. Sober me is like yeah. what drunk me has got going yeah. on. So I don't, I don't say wild shit when I drink, but 
Yeah, I was fucked up for that because my homies was in town. It was yeah. the holiday, and we had like 10, not 10, we had like eight uh, margaritas <laughs> up to, I was wild. I was drunk as hell, man. I was so, what happened with the, oh, the ketchup, ketchup story. story? All right, so ketchup story. So, my friends, like my closest friends, they run this party in New York called the 9 a.m. Banger. Okay. Right, the 9 a.m. Banger. Shout out to the 9 a.m. Banger. The shout 9 out. 9 a.m. Banger is a party that starts at nine in the morning. Uh, that's right. Where I thought it was going. The way that it started, it was uh, my friends. We were going to SantaCon, but we wanted to have a pregame before. And when it, when when is this? This is 2015. Okay. Right. So my friends, like they they're in a fraternity. They got a big network. They were also DJs at the time. They they like played house music. Okay. Right. Because they loved the whole rave scene. So nine in the morning. We all get up to this apartment in the Heights. How long have they been doing this? Now, since, well, like DJ. No, I'm saying at the time. So it's at 2015. The, time, the 9 a.m. banger has not, been going is, on. So this had not even started yet. Okay, so the so way this that is it started, the inaugural first yeah, kind of. It, it was a pregame for SantaCon. Everybody came up to the Heights. Okay. They had the, they were DJing. We were drinking. It was mad fun. And then we went down to do the bar call. And we had fun. We were like, we should have just stayed and partied. So the next year comes around. And they're like, they rented a B&B to have the pregame. But they bought a bunch of DJs. And it was like. Maybe a hundred, two hundred people Damn. in this B and B, and like they just that was that was our SantaCon. Yeah, we didn't go do the bar crawl. We stayed here, and that was what it was. We just started. So married. you learned from the year before, where yeah. you're like, no, we're just gonna. And stay. now the way that they do it, they so it's become a thing now. It's a huge thing. They just got written up in the New York Times. They are you serious on the front page? On huge Sunday. shout out. They to the actually they they they, um, they sold out. Uh, what's it called? Brooklyn Mirage, which is like the biggest. Ray venue Get in New York. Get the fuck out of here. They put like 2,000 people. They had French Montana come perform. Wow. Like it was a big deal. And you were there. I, w- I was uh, I was doing the Hannah Werner. I was doing the interviews on the street talking to people like about the party, getting oh, ready. Oh shit. So I do that for them. But um, so this party, this is Santa Con, I want to say 2019 or 2018. So this is a few years after it's few been years going. Ago, yeah, so it's been going. Like we have a routine. Me and my friend Armani, we used to buy a bottle of Ciroc the night before and we would drink three-fourths of it before we even got to the party and we wanted to be the first ones online. So we wake up like 6.30, get a bacon, egg, and cheese, pregame with Ciroc, and then go to this party where there would be a two-hour open bar. Yeah. Right? So we- So uh, just real quick, are you friends with the people who have put it together? Yeah, or best friends. These are my best friends. That, that are actually putting that, it up. That throw the party. It's okay. their party. Okay. So like I go, we don't pay. Yeah. We do whatever we want. But you still, yeah, okay. Because yeah. when you said wait in line, I was like, wait, are you- No, well, we go, to because this is before like they blew up, blew up. Yeah. Was, they would still sell out big venues, but we would go wait in line to show support. Yeah, you know absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we okay, get there what... bright and early, like, yo, we need y'all energy. So we yeah, would go, we would do absolutely. That. So we're on this line. Drunk off your ass. Drunk as hell. Like, I just saw, like, at the party, it was like a girl that I had tried to get with from college, like a girl that I had just stopped, in, stopped talking to, and a girl that I had stopped talking to like a year before that. So it's a fucking mess, but I'm <laughs> lit. I'm lit as hell, right? Like, I am like off it. So now we go in and it's an open bar. <laughs> so we do, yo, me and my friends do this stupid ass thing called freshies, right? What a freshie is, is when you get around, you take the straw, you throw it out and you drink the whole thing and get a fresh round. And we call it a freshie. So okay. sometimes my friends will just come up to me, they'll take the straw out. And that's how we know it's freshie it's time, time. It's time for freshies. So we go, we, 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 we it's have a, freshie time, we baby. have a cheers like, yo, time for a freshie. We'd be like, good morning. I would say good morning. Another person would say good afternoon. And the third person would say good night. And then we all chug our okay. drinks, get a fresh round. So we're, we're we're like eight freshies deep after finishing a box a bottle of Ciroc and like we're at this party I'm off it so like I'm like I'm in a Spider Man suit like I'm dancing with shorties like I'm dancing with the girl like looking the girl that I just stopped talking to like in the eye you know what I'm God, saying like it's aggressive. real messy stuff bro it's bad dude it's real bad and then this girl that I had been trying to get with in college for the longest it just never materialized yeah she was there and we were vibing because like we would drink and like we would like you know. Uh, gravitate towards each other mm-hmm. so like i'm thinking yo maybe this is the night this is you know it what i'm saying this so is she why was, like we working at a, she was working at some bar after she's like you'll come to the bar after so i take my homies we go to the bar but i get to the bar and now i'm blacked out drunk what and what time is this because you, you so started this is at six at, in we the morning at, we start at six the party goes to like three four then we we go to this other bar probably at like seven because so, we went to somewhere in between that was a complete mystery to me <laughs> But we finally get to this girl's bar. I'm like, all right, this is going to be the night. But I get there. I am so trashed. I'm so trashed. And I got a flight to Mexico City in the morning because, oh like, God. I was working. My job was taking me to Mexico City. So I'm off it. Right? So my friend's like, yo, we can't stay here. Or not. You got a flight to catch. You got to ask this shorty what it is right now. And I'm like, yo, you're not here. <laughs> and she was like, nah. I was like, all right, forget it. And then I didn't really know what happened. I went to sleep for a little bit. 
went, caught my flight, made it. And then the next day when I'm in Mexico City, I paid for the Wi-Fi, I finally got it. And I'm just getting videos of the day before. And they're like, yo, you remember this? Do you remember this? I'm like, nah, I was having a good time though. They sent me a video. They're like, bro, you really thought you was going to have sex with this girl after you was drinking ketchup. Oh my God. So I thought I was being smooth and I was, look, I was drinking ketchup from the Heinz 57 (laughs) bottle. Trying to, I don't know what I was trying to do, but everybody's in the everybody's in the video. They're watching me like, "What are you doing?" And I'm just like, "Okay, so they I'm were like, asking." Y'all yeah, yeah, y'all don't drink ketchup, but and then I was like, "Oh, that's that's why she didn't want to." That's have why sex she said no. Day. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, that was the catch. So my friends always like to bring that up. They still got a video. I don't have it, but like it's. Still, oh, you got to post that. Yeah, I got to find it. It was a, it was an all time low. I was like, damn, I got to check. Or all time high, depending on who fun. you ask. I don't man. regret it. It was fun. It was definitely Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that was so wild. do you, because you, you gave me a list of stories. Yeah, and I got more, man. Yeah, and then, so are all of these, like, like the No Malice one, what's that about? Uh, no Malice. All right, so this was, I want to say, 2016, yeah. right? I wasn't working at the time, so I was broke. I had I had long hair then. I had cut it off, so, like, I'm freshly freshly shaving. It's one of my homies' birthdays, right? Yeah, freshly shaving. This was, like, September, Right, freshly shaven. We go to this place called No Malice Palace. It was okay. a bar downtown. I think it's still open. Shout out to No Malice Palace. So we get there, it's dead, right? And we're cool because like my homie's birthday, my homie's birthday is a chill dude, doesn't need much. He needs the homies, he needs good music. And yeah. so we go there at No Malice Palace. It's me and like five of my friends. We're chilling, we're having a good time, drinking. We're like, you know what? Let's turn it up. Everybody get two drinks. Let's do freshies. Right? Let's do freshies, literally. Yeah. So we we have like we're doing J Mo Ginger at the time. Right, so we're we're drinking, we're having a good time. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom, pee. I look at myself in the mirror. I smile because I'm like, yo, I'm fucked up. But like, it's like it's like the fun part still. Yeah, yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm in control. I'm just feeling like tingly, and then I. Get That's back. always the best when you're in the mirror and you're like, yeah. Bro, I get back to the bar and it was like a calm. We we might have been like one of like two groups of people there. I get back from the bathroom. I couldn't have been gone for more than like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And I get back, the bar's packed. Oh, shit. Right, the bar's packed. They're playing Pusha T, who is like my friend's favorite rapper. So like the music just turns up. We're like, yo, what the fuck is going This shit is amazing. What just happened? So we start turning up. And like I was very good at getting my drinks paid for by my homies because they knew I was broke. Yeah. So they were good. But they were like, yo, everybody's buying around. Everybody. Right? So we start like... I'm like the last one to buy the round because I'm like, yo, if we leave before, I don't have to pay. Yeah. But like, it comes my turn. I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. The only money that I had was uh, a check from jury duty that I had done for one day. This is all the money I had left. I spent the jury duty money. I bought a round of drinks for everybody, and um, got fucked up. Like we are now. Now we're approaching blackout. We're leaving, and I'm like, yo, I don't have money for a cab. I'm downtown, but I live in Astoria. Yeah. So I have to take the train home because I can't. I can't call a cab. So. I'm fucked up. I don't remember going to the train, but I've done this before. Like I, I, I've done this before. I've been on the train. I know where I gotta go. So I get. I'm like, yo, we out. They're like, yo, you good? I'm like, I'm good, right? I Man, wake, I've done this a million times. I wake up, and it's the next morning. Mm-hmm. I wake up. I live on the last stop of the N train. I wake up on the last stop of the N train in Coney Island. The other way. The other direction. I wake up. My hands are in like my my shirt because I was cold. Yeah. My headphones are in attached to nothing <laughs> somebody stole my phone oh, shit. <laughs> while i was knocked out on the train and a police officer like woke me he's like bro what are you doing i was like oh my fault and then like i took the, i fell asleep took the train back and i was and then I that's a home. long ride yeah it was a night but it, to me it was short because i was fucked up yeah so like i was like oh i'm in coney island up oh, wake up <laughs> I'm home. you know what i'm saying but the, i fell asleep spent all my money and got my phone stolen because i was knocked out on the train damn no man. malice palace it was a fun ass night is that named after the Malice in the Palace? I don't think so. I think that's just the name of the bars, okay. No Malice. But, um, yeah, okay. Or Malice Palace or No Malice Palace, and then that's just one of my favorites. Well, I want to keep going back in time. So mm-hmm. you have these going in reverse order, which I actually enjoy. It's yeah, a very, yeah, yeah. very Quentin Tarantino. These are, these are, yeah, they're all over the place. I can't remember exactly what goes well, with Well, so the first one was 2018, then it was 2016. Yeah. Let's go back to 2012. 2012? Oh, Halloween. Halloween. Oh, man. Damn. This was supposed to be my moment. Halloween 2012. Well, right? I wanted to ask before, wait, what year did you uh, graduate from St. John's? I graduated from St. John's 2014. Okay. So this is my sophomore year. Okay. So I right? thought I was way older than you, but I'm not. I am older, but not by, yeah. not by no, too yeah. much. Uh, sophomore year. I, get, I look a lot younger, I feel like. Because I you carry do, myself, yeah. in, not immaturely, but like, you know. No, you have a very like zest, young yeah, zest for Yeah, I have too life. much energy yeah. for my age, probably. But Trust 2012. Me, this, people meet me all the time. They go, wait, how old are you? And yeah. I go, 34 and they go 
You can, you act like a twelve year old. Yeah, that's <laughs> usually that's one of my openers is talking about like how my life is great for a twenty three year old, but the only problem I, I love that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like my I open with that. That's my favorite. So like that that always gets a good crack. That and they, the scrunchy. They can yeah, that's a good one too. They can believe it. They believe it for a little bit, and if I go through it fast, they won't have any time to question it. And yeah, it always shocks them. But Halloween twenty twelve. So twenty twelve, my sophomore year is my first year living off campus. The mm-hmm. first year I lived in the dorms. Second year I moved off campus because I handed in my housing application too late. So I moved in. So I had nowhere to live. And um, where is St. John's? St. John's is in uh, Jamaica, Queens. Okay. So it's like close to the last stop on the F train. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm living over there. And uh, sophomore year, I moved in to who are now like my best friends, like in this fraternity. They had a frat house. They needed a, they needed a fourth person. Everybody, nobody could do it. And like I met them through a friend of a friend. And they were like, yo, we need somebody to move in. Were you like, in the fraternity? No, not so at all. Just- so I'm just living in a frat house. <laughs> Right, and it's a it's a Latino fraternity, so like it's cool. All these people, like we have a lot of common in my these are my guys now. Yeah, but like I moved in, they're like, oh, some guy from the baseball team's coming. I'm like, cool. So we live with them, and we hit it off. Still have that rep. Yeah, man, we're all friends. Guy from the baseball team. That's exactly that's how I got in. We're all like good friends. I never joined the fraternity because, like, you know, they 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 pledge. This shit is hard. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This shit. And once I got cool with them, I'm like, why am I gonna let y'all beat exactly. me up now? You know what I'm saying? We're already, I'm already friends. in. You know what I'm saying? And I never acted like I was in it, but like it, we all had fun together. They yeah. respect me. It was cool. The place was called the Den. Right, we called the place the Den because it was like, yo, we're wolves. Like the mo- girls coming uh. in, they, they yeah, we 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 animals. You know what I'm saying? Stupid college shit, right? But they throw St. John's is not a big party school; it's a big commuter school. But Halloween is like our day because mm-hmm. the next day is All Saints Day, and we were the only school that was like that gave classes off the next day. Yeah. So Halloween the 31st, we had the best party like around. So people would come down from other schools to come oh, to shit. St. John's Halloween party, right? And they had a party that it was like. Three fraternities got together and threw a big mega party for the whole school. And it was mad fun. It was always the best party of the year. Yeah. So we did a pregame at our house, the den. And uh, I was talking to this girl at the, the time den. who I was trying to, like, you know, eventually. Is this the same girl? No, no, drink? different okay. girl. Similar group, but different girl. And she's like, sweet girl. I could never see the deal because I can't finish. But I was dealing with this girl and she was like from Queens. And I was like, yo, we're having a, a, a pregame. We're going to go to party. Like, come through, bring some friends. Like, it's going to be good. So she's like, yo, I'll bring all my friends. This is going to be great. We can't wait. And I'm like, I'll bring all of and them. And I'm like, how many people are coming just so we know what to buy? We're like, I, she was like, I got 12 girls coming. I was like, you got 12? And she was like, yeah. Can I'm you? like, all right, but so I'm this telling is for my the homies, pregame. This is for the pregame, just at our crib. So I'm telling my homies, I'm like, yo, I got, I got 12 girls coming right there. They're like, no, you fucking don't, bro. No, you don't. And then. Yeah, that is as someone who. Was in that life. It is, you know, uh, parties in college yeah, and stuff chicks, like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. so it is. That is very, un- if, like, if anyone came up 12, to me, twelve. That's wild. It doesn't matter who it is. If yeah. any male came up to me and said, "I got twelve girls," I'd be like, "Shut the yeah, fuck no, you up!" Don't. But I'm like, I was like, guys, I think I have twelve girls coming. And it's funny because my role in the group, it wasn't even. We used to call it the the BC, which is, you know, this is not Hannah Burners fans aren't gonna like. The BC is called the bitch coordinator. Who's inviting the bitches to the party to make sure that it's good? So I wasn't even on BC patrol, but I'm like, yo, I got twelve shorties coming. <laughs> And there was like, a right, guy on BC like, we'll, I got you covered this yeah, week. We'll believe it. We'll be, so the BC guy, take, take the week take off. off. So we're getting the party. Like, we're setting it up. And then they pull up. And it's like, the way we just, it's like a clown car full of bad bitches. Yeah. They all come out in Halloween costumes looking amazing. Like, different flavors. Very diverse group. And like. Was it 12? Was it all of them? It was 12. Damn. And I was out front greeting them. And my friends had come down. Because we lived on the second floor. So they came down to see if I was telling the truth. So they came out. It's like six of them. Like, looking good. Oh, what's up, JC? What's up, J-? I'm like. Go right huh? in. You then guys see this? Another car pulls up the second six. So it's like 12 beautiful women, all in Halloween costumes. Because you know how it is on Halloween. Yeah, oh yeah. And like, I was like, What's up, guys? What's up, y'all? And, and they were like, Yo, JC's the man, blah, blah, blah. Yo, get him a drink. Get him a drink. So like, I bring all these girls. I'm feeling myself. And the God. girls, they're there for a good time. Like, they're having fun. They're, they're like, Meeting my friends, like we're all mixing and mingling. It's like an insane night. And like the shorty that like I was working on was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, you know how I do. Yeah. Right. Is, and then my homie's like, this nah, is get, my thing. I was like, yo, nah, get JC another drink. Nah, get JC another drink. Get him another drink. So I'm like, I'm the man, I'm drinking. And then uh, we had to take a shuttle bus to the party. And on the shuttle bus, I see another one of my friends and he handed me a water bottle that was full of Jack Daniels. Okay. And I didn't realize, I was like, I was at a perfect place. Yeah. But what I did to that bottle put me over the edge. Yeah. Right. I was in, I I've don't been there remember so many getting times. off the bus. Oh, it was don't just remember getting, It was that. immediate. And like, we get in, get online. I'm like fucked up inside. I get kicked out. Like, I fell on my face. Oh, shit. And I'm like, the one night, like, because it was going to happen yeah. that night. 
and I get kicked out of the bar. And like, so what happened? They sent me home in an Uber with uh, with one of our gay friends, which is like the opposite of what I was trying to do. Like, shout out to him, but like, I was trying to get some ladies, and they sent me home, and I woke up the next morning like, oh, I I I burgered it. Yeah, I burgered it. I got too drunk at the pregame. I got too high on on the vibe that I bought all these women because I did. I crushed it. Yeah, and then I got too excited, and I thought I was somebody that I wasn't. I'm like, I could do all this drinking. Got kicked out the party. Everybody else had a great time. God, and I missed the whole party. That that actually became a running. The missing the party became like a running theme for me in college. Yeah, because when I was drinking like real heavily what would end up happening and i think I, i've definitely told this story before uh but what would end up happening was i would get invited to parties mm. by my close friends who knew i had a serious drinking problem but knew i was not going to stop yeah so they would invite me to basically get the party going because mm. it'd be like there because yeah. a lot of them had graduated and had like corporate jobs yeah. so it'd be like somebody to get the vibe yeah, yeah so it'd be like their work friends so they would invite me over and i'd be going up to everyone like let's do a shot right now come on and i'd get the party started and then, like, I'm going up to 10, 15 different people doing a shot. So yeah. they've all done one shot, but now I've done, like, 15. 15. So then within, like, two hours, they would be like, all right, Brennan, time to go downstairs. And they would bring me downstairs and to their spare room and just lay me down on the bed, turn on the TV, and walk away. Your job is done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Sleep now. <laughs> you can but it was, now. like, so many times where yeah. I'd wake up the next day or I'd wake up and it'd be, like, 2 in the morning. And I'd, like, come out and people are, like, passed out and half naked. And yeah. I'm like... Did I miss the I whole thing? everything yeah. again? Yeah, you were hosting basically. You were going bullet. Yeah, you was yeah, I was going bullet. bullet. At the party. Yeah, you going first up at the party. You was breaking the room open. So I want to. This is the last one we put on the list because you had a long list, and yeah. we're gonna have you back, obviously. Mm. Um, but the impractical jokers. Oh, this is funny. Uh, this is just a stupid. Me and my friends look for reasons to drink. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, even yes. if it's because St. John's, as much fun as I had, it's not like a party school. Yeah. So we had plenty of nights where nothing was going on and we didn't feel like going into the city because it was a long troop. You know, it was last stop on the F train. If it went local, it would take forever. Yeah. So we had to find ways like there was time, like we'd have house parties, but if we couldn't, if the BC couldn't get it done, like we was chilling with the homies. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool. We had no problem. We, we always had fun. But Did you guys go? You so you didn't go into the city very often. Not always. Like if we were gonna go into the city, we had to know what we were doing yeah. already. Like we weren't gonna go to the city and test just it to out. Just to go, yeah, because it's a fucking far trip. That's what I just side note. When I was living in not living, when I was staying at a buddy's house in Brooklyn because mm-hmm. the whole breakup thing and everything that's going on, so I, I crashed at a buddy's house and ha- basically was house sitting for him. But it was weird. Mm. I was just like combined like seven stops away from yeah. the city. But I had to take two separate trains. That's a lot. So I would like I get off work, I'd go over to his place, and I'd like check on the cab, make sure everything's good, and I'd be like, "No, nah, I'm not going back." Mm. And it was only six stops, but I was like, "As two trains, then you know, if you if you catch one, but then you got to wait 22 minutes for the next one." It's like it's not worth. It. Like yeah. I'm just gonna stay it's, here. It's a lot. You got to. Like, so yeah. I can't imagine being like two hours. Yeah, away. it was not two hours, but it was like an hour. Yeah, you know, it was a long trip from the the last stop on the F, and we had to walk to the F, and it was cold sometimes. So we had to find ways to like have fun. And yeah. One time we, the thing we used to, we used to drink, you remember Jack Honey? Oh yeah. Bro. That's a I, big thing. It is disgusting. Right. I can't even smell Jack Honey now, but we were all in on it. Yeah. Right. So it was me, my friend B-Rod, my friend Lou, and my friend Drew, and my friend Luisito. Right. Okay. And we got like two handles of Jack Honey. Jack Honey and then the Crown Apple. Those yeah, were two. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Crown Apple. Yeah. That's funny. But we was on, we was big on the Jack Honey. Right. And. Like we're trying to find ways to to have fun drinking, and Impractical Jokers is on, and then one of my friends is like, "Yo, every time a thumbs down comes, we all take a shot." Okay, right? So we just watch Impractical Joke, hilarious show. Great show. We watch it for like three hours because it comes on True. It's the only show on True, True TV. TV. <laughs> so it's like Sal nine. Talks about how he, that, so from like nine to twelve, we're just watching Impractical Jokers taking shots. We finished both of the bottles. Damn, got fucked up like. One of my friends ended up like crying, just like you know, emotional. One oh, of my yeah. fr- it was it was funny, and then um, our other roommate who wasn't with us like got home and he was just like he's like oh you guys are fucked up. So he like he was like putting things in people's beds. He put like half a chopped cheese in my friend's bed. He oh put, really? He put a Reese's in my bed and like I was rolling over. I woke up. I thought I shit myself because <laughs> there's chocolate everywhere. I'm yeah. like what the fuck happened last night? And then our friend Luisito, who's like our most responsible friend, he's a great drinker, but. Uh, like two months before that, my roommate B-Rod had gone to his house 
and they they played the Impractical Jokers drinking game like two months before. Oh, so this okay. So this is the thing that they had brought to us. They were like, oh, this is something that we're gonna do. He went to Lucito's house like in the Bronx like, with his family, and they played the Impractical Jokers game, and he threw up everywhere. Oh no! Right, so he threw up in this Lucito's Luc- house, yeah. and didn't clean it up. So Lucito comes in, yeah, let's have fun. Lucito throws up everywhere. And it's not even because he's a bad drunk. He's like, I'm getting revenge. Yeah, absolutely. So he just throws up like in the sink, like in really inconvenient places. And then he bounces and he like leaves a note, like have fun with that B-Rod. And it was just mad <laughs> funny because you got to have to clean it up. He did because I wasn't yeah. going to do it. This, this was, yeah. It was a spiteful vomit. I was like, dog, this is wild. This is on you. But this, it, it just goes to show how easily how easy we made like really getting fucked up yeah was there no occasion no reason just oh we're doing a practical joke it's so weird because that that's something that happens so often especially in college just from my experience we started this thing and i don't know if i've brought it up on the show before but we started this thing called slap shots what's that so this is when we were in college and none of us really had money it was like either you're gonna get a bottle of liquor or you could like go out and get like actual food like groceries and stuff so we would always not not we I would always opt for the liquor. liquor right. So I would never have any chasers. And it's like, well, I don't like. Yeah, I guess I could go to Publix and spend the two dollars, but yeah. then you have to find a way to get to Publix because yeah. I didn't have a it's car. A and it was like, yeah, it's like a, it's like nah, it's not worth it. So instead of going out and getting chaser, what we would do is we would do shots, and then you would slap the person. <laughs> because the immediate pain yeah, it was like it would take away from, from the, shot. the alcohol yeah so we started this thing called slap shots That's and it was insane. all in good fun and yeah. it was a blast but it's the same thing like like we'd get home from like class or something and we'd be like slap shots and we'd be like fucking slap yeah, shots yeah, yeah, yeah. but then of course like anything someone took it too far and when we were playing slap shots slap my buddy like legit like slapped him in the yeah, face and we were like okay you get out yeah, like this can. is all ruined now yeah but there's so many times where we just not even, like you said, not even thinking. We're just yeah. like, let's give, rock band was big when I was in college. Oh, yeah. that's the, uh, How did y'all make that a drinking game? So, well, we didn't. We just, it wasn't even a game. It was just. <laughs> just drinking with the buddies, playing we, rock band. Well, we would be like, we're, like, we would just act like we were rock stars. So we'd be like playing and all shoved in this tiny dorm room. And my buddy Dan, the original ex, the original drinking buddy, he's been on the show before and stuff. And him and I, I would always play drums. Dan would always do guitar. And then we would have like our other friends like fill in. And we would just like be chugging out of the bottle like while we're playing, acting like Yeah. Like actual rock stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And we're 20, 21, 22, mm-hmm. like in college. Like this is the dumbest shit yeah, ever. Yeah, like if you took a picture of it, you'd be like, who are these fucking nerds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's it's funny what guys will do when there's no women around, yeah. but they have that same energy still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, you have the energy to burn. There's no ladies around. Like, we're, it's just, we're going to be aggressive about how we're going about getting drunk. I have one more story that I just thought of. This yeah. is a good one to end on. It's, uh, we, my friend used to work at Anheuser-Busch. Right? Okay. So he used to just bring home cases of beer. We played beer pong all the time. We had a, like, we had a permanent setup in the crib that we lived in, right? But um, we had just run out of beers and, most of our corner stores were closed. The only store open, all they had was 40s. Okay. Right? So we just like, what we did, like we were chilling in the room listening to music. It was four of us. It was me, my friend Victor, my friend Armani, and my friend Andrew. Right? Armani's we just, back. Oh, Armani's, that's, that's my guy. This is my man's. So we're, we're chilling, we're drinking. Like we're like maybe sipping on the last of the beer and then we start listening to music. And it's like, I already met your French Montana, but French Montana's from the Bronx. A lot of my friends are from the Bronx. So French Montana gets everybody hype. Yeah. So we just started playing French Montana. We're like, yo, let's go get some 40s. Right. So we go down to what the time store. is this? This is probably 11 p.m. Okay. So we go down to the store. We pick up like two 40s each. Yeah. Right. And then we're like, yo, let's play Pong with it. Right. So we go, we're playing 40 Pong. We played like 10 games. We're just going back and forth playing 40 Pong. We run out. We're like, yo, Loser of this game has to go get the next round of 40s. Play another game. We won. We go get another round. And like as they go, like we had a balcony, so we can like barely see them. Yeah. It's like we're on hillside, so we can see them down by the... We just start screaming at them, y'all fucking bitches, pussies. <laughs> so they come back with 40s. We play again. We lost. We had to go get the next round. So we played like... You got to be fucked up at this yeah, point. We, we finished close to like like seven seven forties each like it was some wild number that's not like something that we should not have been doing yeah and like we're all fucking hammered fucked up like i woke up in the shower (laughs) because i realized like i threw up in my bed i was like i gotta Uh. go wash off and i woke up in the shower water oh it was on on, like inside of the shower completely naked woke up like what the fuck is that i could have drowned you know what i'm saying woke up in the shower i like grabbed the body wash i wash myself off and i you know i go take my my sheets and like i handle it throw them in a pile right and then i knock i knock out 
And then my friend Armani's girlfriend comes over. She's like, y'all had a night, huh? And we was like, yeah. She's like, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. Then y'all tell me about it. Goes to the bathroom. Comes out two seconds later. Who the fuck used my, my vagina wash? That- <laughs> Who used it? And we was like, what? Vagina wash? <laughs> vagina wash? I didn't even know it had a special wash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I just thought you cleaned it just like we clean our penises. But she's like... Some who is sick enough to use my douche? Who did it? And then I was like, "Was it Green Apple?" And she was like, "You fucking idiot! I had washed myself with her, her vagina wash." Oh my god! Because in my drunkenness in the shower, I was like, "I gotta wash up." Yeah, you were just washing up. I used her vagina wash, and she was furious. Did you get her more vagina wash? I did not. <laughs> I had spent all my money on the forties. <laughs> So that that became an Armani problem. Oh you know? God! That yeah, I was like, oh wow, this is bad. That was not rock bottom, but I was like, well, that's a tough. <laughs> did one. you? How did you react when she first said, like, were you in a panic or were you? Nah, gonna, you were just I was like, like dramatic. You know, she always come in making a big scene. You know, you know, Armani. You know, Armani. Girl, you know always she coming she in is, here, always talking loud. So like, we get it. You're from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, and like, it was one of those things. We like, hit oh, it. Oh, oh, Crystal's mad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's but, new? Change the yeah, record, man. But then I was like, oh, no, I fucked up. Yeah, I, I used a vagina wash. That was Damn, like, man. That was fun. This was fun, man. Yeah. This is a blast. I have too many of these stories. This is, we're going to have you back on I'm going to come sure. back. I'll probably have to tell you the story of today. Yeah. It's going to be one of those This days. is going to be a wild one. Thanks, man. Plug everything one more time. Let everyone one more know where time, they can find um, you. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all Peach Fuzz Poppy. Um, Sign up for my email list. You let let you know when I'm performing. And then next show that I have is uh, uh, Brownish at New York Comedy Club, January 22nd. All black and Latino comics come through. It's going to be mad fun. I'll be hosting. It's going to be Perfect, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. Oh, also, when is this going to come out? Uh, Next week. Next week. After New Year's or before New Year's? After New Year's. Oh, never mind. All right. I have a bunch of shows on New Year's, but you're not going to know about it. (laughs) Appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for having me. Um. Thank you, everybody, for listening. At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. Check out the one-man show January 30th at uh, the Producers Club, 6.30 and 8.30. It's a live taping, so don't fucking show up late. Please don't show up late. Just show up. Actually, come whenever you want. I don't really care. Um, Patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif, and we'll talk to you all next week. Yes, sir. Dude, that was so much fun. fun.